I can't just tell them to do it. It's going to take them the whole process that it took me to actually embody and become the person that knows they can do it. It just takes the time. Got to remove the self-limiting mindset, getting rid of like the fear of judgment. And you have to develop that confidence. And yeah. it's already there. Like who you really are and what you're wanting to share. It's already there. Yeah. You just have to let it come out. And it's the hardest thing in the world. The self-limiting beliefs are, are spontaneously removed by just doing over time. I just you had it. to do yeah. a bunch of stuff before you really kind of realized, oh, I can do this. And that's the same for me. It's the same for everybody. And that's why what I said when I was when I talk to friends who are like, I really want to be more independent and make my own money. And I'm just sitting there. Oh, just do this and that. It's like that's not going to hit them yet until they start doing and they need to really feel unconfident at first. It's like that's how we all are. But I think the self-limiting beliefs are naturally removed as you do. Being a creator in this way, it's like a self-improvement process that you're doing like a self-development it's almost like unconsciously you're trying to build a business but by through building a business and a brand it ends up transforming you as a person true freedom comes from within i realized i was being codependent Hey everyone, and welcome to the Sovereign States of Mind podcast. I'm Jordan Herbs. I'm happy to have you along on the ride as we explore what it means to practice sovereignty. It is a concept that can be discovered and observed in many different ways. In this show, we just like to cover all the possible different conversations to discuss what it means to take responsibility over ourselves, our thoughts, our actions, our behaviors, and to be able to witness when we have unconscious programming where we're just being some kind of robot doing what our government or someone else told us. So in this episode, I talk with Tucker Fatal. We thoroughly discuss the creator opportunity, what it means to be a creator, not an influencer, a creator online, someone that shares their heart, lives through their passion and makes a really good living. It's a way to create uncapped revenue and income in your life. It's a way to be completely sovereign over your time. This is a really exciting episode and I'm excited to put it out there. We talk about exploring early business avenues for your product. We talk about the psychology of different social media platforms, users. We talk about fostering inspiration versus mongering fear. We talk about the spiritual development that happens when you work for yourself. We talk about how self-limiting mindsets can be completely conquered just by doing the hard work and committing to yourself. And we talk about recognizing constraints to maximize our personal potential. There is a lot to learn from this episode. So I would say if you're interested in bringing these points home, check out SovereignStatesOfMind.com. There's a blog post on this episode. You can read through it. You can see more of the points in detail. And you can also sign up to the newsletter, Sovereign States of Mind, where you'll get bi-weekly updates on both the podcast and my personal journey to sovereignty. So as you follow along in the podcast, you can see how I'm trying to apply these lessons in my own life. This episode is brought to you by Kapi Hawaii. If you're anything like me, you see the value in entheogenic plant allies and nootropics in your everyday life because they help us remain aware of ourselves, focus on our goals, and tune into optimal creative states. This is why I'm super proud to announce the first sponsor to approach this show is a product line of copy vine microdosing lozenges from copy hawaii copy is a vine that has had a relationship with humans for thousands of years hailing from the amazon this copy vine has been a supportive ally to humans and recognizing the fundamental sovereignty we have over our own consciousness a few years ago the copy vine played an important role in helping me become aware of my deep psychological tendency towards victimization in the face of hard times and the self-defeating mindsets that developed along with it over years and years. All that changed when I started working with the Kapi Vine. I no longer fear taking responsibility 
and owning myself. These copy microdoses remind me every day of the self-growth I carry with me since those early ceremonies. They help me return to a state of basic self-connection. And it's very subtle, very subtle, but it's very real. When I'm microdosing copy, the rough around the edges feels smoothed out. My unproductive cravings are silent, and I find myself acting from an integrated state of mindful awareness. These copy lozenges are non-impairing, and you can stay completely functional. It is an MAOI, which means if you're on any medications such as SSRIs, it's very important to speak with your doctor or physician. So if you're on the path of uncovering and creating your best self, Copy Vine is a powerful plant ally to have along with you. Check out copyhawaii.com. That's Copy Hawaii. Hawaii is actually pronounced Hawaii by the native culture. Use promo code Jordan at copyhawaii.com for a special 15% off. Promo code Jordan, 15% off to get started on your journey with this powerful plant ally. Without further ado, let's get started. We're going to jump in with an introduction to Tucker, his business, and how he got started. You're listening to Sovereign States of Mind. I currently uh, am the sole operator of a company called Dragon Finger Drums. I teach finger drumming uh, online, which is a short description is it's uh, an electronic way to play drums with your fingers. Um, And so... Man, I've been playing drums since I was a little kid, since I was like 14. And uh, I always knew that I wanted to be a musician in some capacity. And a few years ago during COVID in 2020, I suddenly had all this time on my hands. Um, and I was like, you know what? Let's see if we can start uh, making money off of music. Like I've always wanted to. Sweet. So that's kind of how I got started and uh, it's just been growing since then. So I've been doing it since then for three years. So how did you start? What did, did you make a product right away? Yeah, well not immediately. Uh, at first I just started uh, putting videos and stuff on, on social media, started making music videos for YouTube and um, Instagram music videos, mm-hmm. like of your own music. Yeah. Just showing off my, my playing. I wanted to kind of build Sweet. an audience. Yeah. Um, cause I was also modeling after, uh, other similar, you know, creators and, and, uh, business owners that I saw online and I saw they would kind of, you know, create, uh, content that would sort of show off what they could do or what they could help you with or what they could teach you. And then they would direct you to their website to actually sell you their, their how, teaching, how to do it. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so I started doing that and then I started getting requests. Like people were messaging me even without any website or any product, people were messaging like, you know, how can I, how can I buy lessons from you? Oh. And so I started out doing just one-on-one lessons. I made a website for that. And then I, I quickly decided I wanted to do uh, courses that I could just create and uh, maintain and then have people sign up for. So, and that requires, that requires quite a bit less energy than the one-on-ones. Yes. And I can reach more people, which I like. Mm. And I also polled my audience at that time. I was like, how many of you would like to do a personal live lesson versus a tutorial that you can just buy and watch as many times as you want? Most, almost everybody chose the tutorial. And so, so I was like, okay. How many people were in your audience at that time? At that time, it was only like a couple thousand Instagram followers. Well, that's still quite a bit. Yeah. On Instagram. Yeah. 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 Going into this new age, especially like with AI, where you can now program an AI to play that music Mm -hmm. for you or with you, do you have plans to kind of evolve with what happens in the space? I have a general vision of what I want to do with Dragon Finger Drums over the next few years and, and beyond. Um... Yeah, obviously there's so much 
happening, especially with AI, like you said, um, 3D printing, you know, there's all sorts of like weird new ways to to produce things, too, because I ultimately want to get into the hardware space and like create my own physical instruments. Hmm. Um, but I, I also I, I'm I want to maintain focus, too, you know, so it's like I do want to be open to like taking whatever new stuff comes along and, and implementing it into the business. But I like I like the idea of, of being like very targeted into what I think is like the most going to be the most successful thing for for just my company to do. I'm super minimalist in that way. You know, I like it's kind of like that the Steve Jobs mentality of like when he came back to Apple after after they got rid of him and then they were like crashing and they brought him back it's like Steve you need to come back like we're we're dying we're they were about to go bankrupt and he just like slashed their pro- their catalog he slashed a bunch of products that just like weren't selling he's like get rid of all this crap like focus on the things that are really effective for us and like let's make them really good right. and so that's kind of my mentality too is like um there's like there's like so many things I could pull from and, and use um even now with my business, I could be using AI uh, for my business in a million different ways, but I'm actually not. I'm just focusing on the few little things that I know are most effective at this time. And I'm just going to keep doing that. You know? So do you think there will always be a demand for people that want to learn finger drumming? Despite, oh, yeah. Despite everything happening with AI. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think so. There's, there will always be a demand for people wanting to learn music. Mm-hmm. Just because it's a it's a way it's a form of creative expression like right. that's never going to go away. People enjoying right. playing music um, now, music for commercial purposes or professional purposes. It may the landscape will probably change in terms of like maybe all commercial music for commercials and stuff will end up being made by A.I. Because that doesn't it be? need yeah. to be made by a person. That kind of music would be cheaper. Be yeah. Faster. But people always want to express themselves. I think that's a fundamental element of human nature. So yeah. and it'll always leave space for like the John Williams of the world. Totally. Like to make exactly. these epic environments and, yeah. and soundscapes for people. Yeah. Right. So you started off uh, during during COVID. You start putting out your finger drumming. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, look, this is what I do. And people started to like it. And you pulled the audience. You were giving one-on-ones, obviously. That's the easiest thing anyone can do right off the bat because you're already an expert in something. Offer your services. Mm -hmm. And as I've always heard to say, you know, start with something like $100 an hour and then every like 10 clients, double it. Yeah. And then that kind of can show like it's working. People want your services. And it's also demonstrating your expertise Mm -hmm. and your authority in the subject. So you keep doing that. But as you come to find out, Time is a very scarce asset. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not unlimited. Yeah. So you have to decide where do I want to put my time? I need to create content to keep getting my name out there. That's like fundamental. Mm-hmm. You can't sacrifice that. Mm-hmm. But then you need to decide what to do with your time. Am I doing lots of one one on ones to make a living? Or as you decided, do I create a passive, a passive income product? Mm-hmm. And so you made that decision. Uh, you pulled your audience to make that decision. Yeah. And do you just have one course? Do you have multiple levels? No, now I have a few different courses. So at first I had one, just one course, like the master course. And it was kind of an A to Z of finger drumming. Um, and now uh, for the past year, I think I've, I've had a foundation course and the master course is now, they're now separate. So I have like a beginner product that's like more targeted for like, the fundamentals um that's like a 30-day course and um and then i have the master course which is now targeted for advanced 
stuff. Um, and they're both way more in depth and more detailed than my previous uh, iteration. Uh-huh. And so it's kind of separated that way because it's like not everyone will want to go all the way to a highly advanced level. Um, some people, they'll want to learn the fundamentals and then kind of sit with that for a little while before moving on to advanced stuff. I kind of like blew out the, the learning timeline a little bit, which is good, you know, because if we're learning a musical instrument, it does take time. You can't just like speed run it. It's not quite the same as like um, some kind of life coaching or like maybe if you're coaching nutrition or something, you can just kind of like implement changes in your life and like there they are. Like you, learning a skill like this, it really like just takes time to implement. So you have to train your muscle memory. Right. And literally all you can do at practice yeah. takes time. So is that why your courses are 30 days? So the repetition? Yeah. And that's the short one. The, the, the master course is like is a couple months worth. Oh, wow. And yeah. so is there like a video every day? Not every single day in that one in the 30 day course there is. Um, but yeah, I've kind of, cause that's the other thing. It's like when I was learning music, it's like if I'm working on a new skill that I want to learn in, in my music and my drumming, you know, I, I can spend some time watching lessons and tutorials about it and say, okay, I need to do this. I need to do that. And then if I want to really implement that, I need to just spend time practicing it, you know? So it's like, I could watch a lesson, but then I need to take, a few days or a week to really implement it. And so it's like, it's kind of a balance. My, my courses are a balance of, of that, of like, here's like new lessons, but also like take your time to, to learn the stuff before you push forward. So is your beginner so, course cheaper than the master course? I'm yeah, imagining. Yeah. Yeah. So it's what kind of investment course. do you mind if I ask how much is sure? The, yeah. The, the foundation course is um, one ninety seven. And then yeah. the the master course is three ninety seven. Okay. Yeah. And so did you have to play with those numbers for a while? Yeah, totally. Pricing is always a, it's always a question mark. Yeah. You know, I feel like there's never like, this is the price for sure. You know, it could always, cause it's like, if you have lower prices, you'll, uh, you'll be affordable to more people. Um, but it'll be less valuable. It'll be literally perceived as less valuable. Um, I think that's a really interesting thing is like the, the psychology of value. And when you put a price on something like, Oh yeah. Determines what it's worth to people. Um, and then if you price higher, you get, you end up getting uh, students who are real or are more dedicated because they're like, I'm willing to invest whatever hundreds of dollars into my learning so that, you know, they're more dedicated. So they're actually going to get a better result. Yeah. Well, plus um, psychologically speaking for them. Yeah, they're invested. exactly. Yeah. They they're like, I'm four hundred dollars deep into this. So I, I'm like going to take it more seriously. Well, at that point, they're like six hundred dollars or six. Deep, yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so it's like it, it, I'm always trying to figure out that balance of like, um, yeah, how do I reach as many people as possible and also have a, a good enough price point to make a living for myself? Yeah. And like, so I can keep doing this. I think in the future, I will probably, when I have a much bigger audience, I'll probably change my pricing structure a little bit to make it more, just more affordable to a big audience. The way I see it right now is like, I'm, I'm trying to target a smaller group of people and um, as I grow, you know? So it's like, I want to grow... I'm using my YouTube, my music videos to grow just awareness of finger drumming and then pulling those people to my website and then using my current course setup and structure to get the people that really want to learn. Those people will provide great results and ultimately great like testimonials. And they'll be the, the people that will help kind of show what can be done. And then in the future, when I have a much bigger audience uh, of students who are really like we want to learn like thousands of people, um, then it's like 
you know, I could I could maybe set it up like a, a monthly subscription to where it's just like, here's an entire catalog of videos and you just pay me 30 bucks a month or something and you get access um, instead of like, yeah, $400 at once or something for a single product. So it, there's a lot of different ways to do it, but that's kind of how I might see it happening in the future. Yeah, I love the subscription model like that. It's almost like an academy or something. It's like you're subscribing because you know, right. you, you're not going anywhere. Exactly. So it's more affordable. Yep. But at the same time, it might be more risky for you. But once there's enough people, then perhaps it makes up for itself. So I actually tried it already last year, oh, I, yeah. about a year ago. I tried. I was like, oh, that's a great idea. I was inspired by similar musicians who had online academies with a monthly subscription. So I was like, oh, I'm going to do that for finger drumming. There's nothing like that for finger drumming right now, really. And so I did. I set it all up. I made a ton of content for it, which now is in the foundation of master course. I kind of divided it into those new courses. Um, but when I originally set it up, I launched it. It seemed all good and just it was just not enough to sustain the business, mm. you know, like there was not enough students. There wasn't enough demand for it. Um, you know, we got a few people, but like just it just wasn't enough to sustain. Yeah, so it's, it's, a, like, it's a tricky thing. Yeah, that's got to be a future thing when there's a, a bigger audience. How many followers do you have now on Instagram? OK, well, in, Instagram, my original account, uh, I got up to, I think, 17 or 18000 followers. Um, but I actually ended up deleting that account because Instagram was was like limiting my reach. And uh, I was basically, I just got fed up with Instagram as a platform at that uh, point. You just deleted it? Mm -hmm. I deleted it. You didn't even just keep it there for posterity? Yeah, no, well, cause I deleted it because I I, I basically ended up sort of hearing and reading that um, f Facebook, when they acquire, I guess, Meta, when they acquired Instagram, they were starting to, to implement this change where they would uh, limit the reach like forcibly limit the reach of uh smaller creators especially in the hopes that they would get frustrated with that and start paying to promote their posts like to boost their posts i don't know if that's true but it seemed to be true because the timeline just mat and my engagement just fell off a cliff all of a sudden and it just stopped for month like six months and so i was like and i was doing the same content strategy it was all the same you know and so I was like, all right, let's let's try like deleting this and like making a new account. And so I did. But it's like it just seems like the whole platform is is different now. Like when I when I was starting and blowing up on there, I was using reels and they were new. So I was kind of it, it was like on that wave of like reels mm -hmm. were going so viral. And and now it's like I think the platform has changed a lot to where it's it's just to me, I just personally, it doesn't feel as good to be on there. And I don't get as much active engagement from people who are on there i hate instagram yeah so that's that's basically what i'm trying to say is my i don't like instagram anymore i don't know how their algorithm works i haven't even bothered to look into it yeah because i've just never felt like anything about it was equitable i mean like uh i have several examples of why but i think the best example maybe the most humorous example is we all know instagram is very like aesthetic mm -hmm. it's all about how pretty the video is uh, we see a lot of like mostly naked women on there and all these accounts are doing great. And they're like, if they know you're a male, like suddenly you're just going to see hot women in your feed. I, yeah. I did my best for so long to remove all of it. Like I don't want to see Then They somehow keep sneaking back like fire ants yeah. around here. Right. They <laughs> keep sneaking back in. And I'm like, what is this all about? I did a video at the beach naked working out. Mm hmm. 
and it's a fun video. And then I put emojis over my privates. And it was really funny, actually. There's yeah. Eggplant emoji dangling around and a, and a peach. And like the video became about the emojis because it was just really funny. Censored. Uh, mm -hmm. They said, you can't do that. We're not showing your content to anyone else. Then there was this other video. It was kind of like a, a trend, a real thing where there's this song like with this Brazilian Congo thing. Di -di 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 -di. And all these guys were get getting a big pot and putting it in front of their junk and then shaking it like they're playing the drum. <laughs> and so it was really funny. I did it naked. Mm -hmm. But with it, you don't see anything with the drum. They're uh, censored. Yeah. Like we can't yeah. have you do that. And I'm a very small. I'm not even a creator on there. I'm just a guy messing around. I don't mm -hmm. take it serious at all. They wouldn't let that yet you go over there and you see these women doing God knows what. And that's OK. Mm. Like no problems whatsoever. Um, so that to me demonstrates some of the like hypocrisy of that platform mm. where with like what you're saying is you're doing really well. Then suddenly they just drop your engagement off a cliff. Mm. So I don't know exactly how the algorithm works. I, I think you and I can we'll talk about YouTube in a minute and yeah. we can even talk about Twitter. But I, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they just want you to pay money for the because if your content is already doing well and you already know it's engaging and you already know it's working and then suddenly it just stops mm -hmm. like that, that to me is confusing. And so in the creator sovereignty cohort, which we started last week, I recommend people don't even bother. Mm -hmm. If you're trying to make a following, if you're trying to build, a, a, if you're trying to eventually sell a product, don't even bother starting on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Like Twitter and YouTube are so much more powerful because you know how it works. I mean, the, the algorithm is open source now for Twitter. Hmm. So you can straight up look oh, look at the code and people hmm. people diagnose the code. They look into it and they, they let you know what's going on. They tell you, oh, now threads are no longer, I don't know if you've ever been a Twitter user, but you you make a thread because you can only do so many characters in a tweet. Right. So you do multiple tweets in one, it creates a thread. Now it's more about a blog, like a long tweet. You can mm. have up to, you can do a long post and okay. if people open it up, then that's better for the engagement. That's going to be pushed more by the algorithm. Yeah. Same with video. Now they out Twitter wants to push video more, mm. uh, but based on how you're looking at the screen, it's not necessarily vertical video. That's really in style. Uh, yeah. Because when you're looking at the Twitter feed, it's a horizontal, like 16 by nine. Uh, video interesting. Yeah. yeah. It actually makes more sense. Huh. Yet, yeah. if you open it on your phone, then it might be 16 by nine. So it's, it's weird. Yeah. It's almost like going back to like one to one ratio, kind of like Instagram was originally. Yeah. <laughs> but okay. So yeah, that's Instagram. I tried Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Those are the three big ones that I've tried. And the, it's like the mindset that a person is in when they are a user on one of these platforms is kind of what I thought of. Interesting. And so when you're on TikTok, I also tried that one. 25,000 followers, millions of views. Wow. But the average, and I, I was a user on TikTok so that I could experience what are people, how are they like when they're on this app, when they're watching my videos. And it's it it uh, creates... Uh, an atmosphere of like quick, quick scroll, you know, the way that TikTok is built and the way that people make their videos to go viral is like quick, engaging, really interesting for like a very short amount of time. And it's just like quick scroll. There's no, nobody's on there really like diving deep into anything. There's no depth. It's like just quick content, like just content, content, content. content. You're like, whoa, that's interesting. Yeah, exactly. It's like fast food. Yeah. Totally. And so, um, I was putting out my videos on TikTok and some of them would go viral and, and do well. But I looked at my analytics on my website and I, I, I got almost no, like almost zero actual website visitors over months from TikTok. 
Um, so you just had a link in your bio. Yep. And, yeah. and in every video, it's like, check out the link in my bio. You want lessons? Same as I do on YouTube. Same as I do on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. So, so on TikTok, TikTok but... I got almost nothing on Instagram. I got a little bit. And then on YouTube, which has my f- lowest following, I got almost all of my traffic from well youtube YouTube makes the most sense yeah because the attitude of people on the platform they're engaged they're the thing is even think about it like if you're on tiktok and you're watching a video that you don't like and you want to watch a different video you just scroll yeah scroll 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 well and that's same with instagram now with the reels especially yeah they started copying tiktok but on youtube if you're watching a video you don't like and you want to watch a different video you have to find something on your screen recommended and click on it you have to choose click something specific unless you're watching shorts choice and yes exactly (laughs) and i don't use youtube shorts i tried using those for a while and it's again it's the same that's the thing it's cultivating the same mindset and behavior on on the shorts feed as it does on instagram and on tiktok and that that vertical video unlimited scroll behavior uh with those algorithms is um it's not good for engagement it's not good for people who are actually wanting to learn and and um understand you oh another part about the instagram user experience like my wife loves instagram and what she does is bookmark she bookmarks things Mm. uh and back in the day and probably still to an extent like recipes like valuable things that are valuable like oh like where's that recipe for that banana bread like you know you go back in there and okay that's cool oh hey this was like me i don't really bookmark much i used to bookmark memes and stuff Mm -hmm. like uh fit like a really good workout i see some guy doing like i want to come back to that and so if your content isn't something that really needs to be bookmarked like you know, you're just playing the drums to show off your skills to push to your website. You're not teaching the drums right there. Right. So why would someone bookmark it? Right. What's the point? Exactly. And so this is very important for choosing your platform mm-hmm. and the medium is going to dictate uh, your, your medium is going to be dictated by the platform and what the user is actually intending to do while they're on that platform. Mm-hmm. Someone might show up on YouTube not even knowing that they're going to find your website by the end of the day. Right. But that's what YouTube is built for. Yep. It knows that you're into that, 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 and drumming. Mm-hmm. What about finger drumming? And the algorithm right. tests them. And then soon they're on your video. Mm-hmm. And maybe they're clicking your website. Do you have a lead magnet? Or is it straight up go to the website? Yeah. So the other interesting thing I'll throw in is that YouTube is the only one of those three platforms that allows you to put clickable links on your content. Yeah. Instagram and TikTok do not allow you in your actual posts right, in to put a link that yeah. you can click on. Only, yeah, in your Instagram story or in your bio. But the, in, if it's in your bio, it means people have to leave their content feed and go to your page. It's such a headache. And then click your website. But like on YouTube, I can put a pinned comment on every video and in the description that they can click to go to my website. I can even put it in the video itself. The overlay. Little, yeah. yeah, the end cards. And so it's that's a really cool thing that youtube is i mean it's like it's, they all should allow you to do that ideally but it's like the, the other two platforms don't so yeah well they um, have less incentive I right guess. they want you to yeah. stay on the platform that's yeah. um even like tiktok i found out this is pretty freaky but i i found out that um tiktok it like shadow hides uh your comments uh if you like try to put a pinned comment in your tiktok video like on youtube yeah. that says go to my website uh-huh. in bio or like go to dragonfingerdrums.com for lessons. If you use any words that imply leaving TikTok, even if you say Instagram, yeah. <laughs> it will shadow hide your comment, which means that you will be able to see it as if it's there normally, but, but no any other will. account will not see the comment. It'll be gone. And yeah. I made my own personal TikTok account to check this. I would go on my Dragon Finger Drums account 
and do that pinned comment. And on my account, I'm like, it's there. I can see it. And then I log into my personal account and I look at the video and it's not there as a, as a, as a user. Yeah. And so it's like, whoa, dude, they don't want anyone leaving the platform, you know, which is like, that's not supportive of me as someone who's trying to teach something and like ultimately spread, you know, awareness of my once again, once again. Yeah. Which leads us back to YouTube and Twitter. They both allow you to Mm -hmm. push people out because those platforms know that they are the discovery engines for your brand. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe you do have some discovery engine aspect of Instagram and TikTok, but really those are just for content. They're just for, you know, for attention grabbing, maybe attention keeping in a certain way, or maybe you push uh, from Instagram to YouTube because you make entertainment like, oh, here's a sneak peek or something like that. Mm -hmm. But Overall, I think any successful creator knows at this point, like you got to focus on one platform, yeah. especially in the beginning. Yeah. And then you need to decide if the other platforms are even worth it. Right. Depending on what you're trying to do. Yeah. I can see using TikTok again um, in the future when my only objective is to just uh, gain popularity in 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 the in the mainstream consciousness yeah. attention yeah yeah just yeah. getting more awareness of which like, is oh, valuable I saw finger drumming videos like i've never wanted to learn it or buy any of courses but like i saw the videos and i know what that is that when that's my objective and not the, trying to get students then I'll, I'll probably go back to using tiktok or i'll also be using tiktok and it's super valuable yeah. like i, I said earlier yeah viral. i said earlier you know I, you know i don't recommend using instagram uh, but to an extent, if you think you have content that could get a lot of attention and hype, you know, as long as you're harnessing that attention correctly, which once again depends on the limitations your platform uh, puts on you, then do it. Mm-hmm. Generate attention. Nothing, no attention is bad attention in these days, right. but you need to know how to harness the attention. Yeah. And in most cases, that attention is best harnessed on YouTube and Twitter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For your convenience, this podcast is available on all major podcasting platforms. So head over to your favorite app and give us a subscribe and follow there. And you can be notified when there's new episodes. We also appreciate nice reviews if you like what you hear. And SovereignStatesOfMind.com offers an option to be notified by email when there is a new episode. Or even if you're interested in the content but not quite sure you have the time to invest in listening to an hour-long conversation, we do sum up the episodes pretty in-depth in that weekly email. So that's at SovereignStatesOfMind.com. Just pop in your email. We'll only use that email to send you updates from what's going on with the show. Okay, so let's dive into to YouTube a little bit. Sure. So would you say your marketing efforts now are all concentrated on YouTube? Yeah. All as the content as, you make? And a little bit on Google. That's actually my two main traffic sources um, is YouTube and Google search. But paid Google acquisition on Google or SEO? No, I, I did a little bit of paid, but um, it wasn't really fruitful in terms of the like the actual return. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, mostly SEO at this point. OK, so you have a blog or just yeah. on your website. Uh-huh. Yeah. How often do you have new blog posts? Uh, I'm not super good about that. I don't I'm I'm not as like intense with putting out uh, new new posts on there. Um, but you don't really need to be if it's evergreen, right? That's the thing. And with SEO, it's like you kind of just gradually do do work over a period yeah. and it kind of gradually builds and improves your ranking over time. Um, and that's it's a pretty Google traffic is a pretty secondary source. It is mostly YouTube. Yeah. Um, but that is the other. Well, YouTube is the second biggest search engine. Exactly. That's <laughs> the thing. So it's like I'm basically just getting 
traffic from from these two search engines and are your youtube descriptions search engine optimized as well or is it pretty you pretty relaxed about yeah that? no i'm yeah i make sure to like get get everything pretty good keywords straight out with the keywords and the tags yeah. and all that stuff yeah. and so what are your youtube videos are they more music videos yeah so i i do a mixture of just music videos um and tutorial videos and the tutorial videos are not as in-depth as my courses um, they're just like singular little topics or questions about finger drumming that I've been asked that I feel like are smart to put out just to everybody for free. Kind of just like almost like uh, FAQ type videos of like, what about this with finger drumming? What about this? Yeah. What's the best controller? What's the best software to have? You know, how do I how do I even get started? It's like those kinds of things are what I tackle in my tutorials. And some of those um, questions probably come from your comments, huh? Yes. So it totally. access community engagement. As exactly. Well. Um, and, and then really I like to focus, uh, mostly on the music videos because it serves such a, a nice, like a multi-purpose, you know, function in that, um, it showcases what can be done. It shows off, uh, what, what finger drumming can be. So people are seeing this like, wow, th this dude can play drums with his right. fingers. I could do that too. Right. It also serves as, um, sort of like a resume for me as a teacher because it's like here's yeah. my skills you can see where my skills are at yeah um and then it also a music video can be watched and enjoyed by anybody mm. even if they don't want to learn anybody can enjoy it so it reaches the broadest audience possible you know i think i try to think of what's my behavior when i'm on youtube watching music videos that i enjoy i'm like invested i'm like i love this creator i want to watch his videos do I necessarily want to learn from him? Maybe, maybe not. But it's like the behavior is like, and a music video is something that I will save and rewatch many times because it's so entertaining. Yeah. So those kind of videos on YouTube have a great potential to be more viral, to reach a really broad audience. Um, and they also have the ability to, those who are interested in learning with that link you know people Funnel can be like oh i can learn from this guy okay now you know? do you put that link in the comments or in the description both pinned comment and description top of the description yeah do you ever feel like a naggy salesman no no e even just recently i started adding uh a call to action in my actual tutorial videos my music videos is just music i don't talk but in the uh tutorial videos i just recently started adding a little section where i say hey if you want to learn because my, my free starter course is where i get people started on my, on my website with my course offerings. So it's like, that's where I, I have a, it's a little, it's like five or seven lessons and they're all focused on those setup questions of like getting started. Here's how you put, you know, your software and your hardware together. You know, all you need is your little pad controller. There's a free drum software that's included with that starter course. I show you how to set it up, how to get started, how to play some basic grooves. So it's like, that's like a nice little setup package for anyone who wants to get started. And I wanted to make that available for free. That's the lead magnet. Yeah. And so that's, that's what I talk about in my uh, tutorial videos of like, if you want to learn, get this for free, go, go, go there. Um, but no, I don't, because I also, I, I really don't, I try to be non, uh, I like not pressuring people i don't like high pressure sales like no one no no one does exactly right? it doesn't so it's work. like i'm not trying yeah it's like i want to cultivate a, a company and a brand that's like really feels like we're serving you as a as a student as a customer so you know be, it's right? like yeah it's like we have services to offer you here's what we can do here's how it will benefit you and if you want to learn like make the decision but i don't want to like 
I hate all that manipulation that's in. The, it's like all the it seems like all the business and marketing stuff you learn nowadays, like, oh, I, you know, people on YouTube and, and books and stuff. It's all like basically how to convince and persuade and coerce people to like buy from you even if they even if they're not sure they but it's like yeah i think there's a transition happening though yeah i i study the creator space a lot of the creator economy mm -hmm. the creator opportunity and the ethos is provide value you're right as you're demonstrating like provide value all the time mm -hmm. your free content is valuable to people yeah and yeah even the entertainment stuff that's valuable Dem FAQs, valuable. Anything that helps someone learn about something that they're remotely interested in is valuable. Yeah. And then that's helping build a relationship with you, which will eventually, as long as you're demonstrating your authority, which you are, you're showing that you're someone they want to learn from because you're not the only person they can learn from, but they want to choose you because they like you. Mm -hmm. They've built a relationship with you. They know you're good. And then like, hey, this guy's cool. I'm going to, I'm going to give him my email. And I'm going to get that free package. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, do you have, do you have a newsletter? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you send out the newsletter and then, you know, you just like, you know, you, you mentioned that this is available now, like this new product or right. whatever it is, the new course. And then soon enough, they convert to clients and there's no coercion. There's no slimy, you know, used car salesman tactics. There's just yeah. like, uh, you know, this is my service because the ethos of all of it is provide value. Right. You're doing what you love. In order to provide value to someone else mm -hmm. that wants to learn it. Yeah. And if someone doesn't want to learn it, they don't have to. Mm -hmm. They still have plenty of free stuff that they can. Like yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. One thing I learned uh, that has been really beneficial and is honestly contrary to a lot of the stuff that you read in these like modern day kind of business, these moguls that are telling you how to how to start a business is... Um, the idea of uh, marketing and and trying to kind of sell your product based on uh, what's positive rather than like playing to their fears, right. you know, because like yeah. obviously you can sell a product based on like this will solve a problem for you. And that's what I do. But like there's so much out there in the business and like creator space that's like, you know, like really play up people's fears, man. Like you got to tell them how horrible their life's going to be Oof. unless they buy your product, you Oof. know? Yeah. And it's like, I don't dude. like, I, I, at first I just kind of was like, okay, I guess that'll work. And I, I tried to put some of that, but it just didn't, it what didn't did even say? make sense. If you don't learn to it's finger like, drum, you're going to get fall behind. I kept thinking about that. I'm like, where, what are people like, where's their pain in not knowing how to play an instrument? This is not really painful. Like it doesn't ruin your life. It's something you want for a positive reason you're not yeah. trying to escape pain when you learn a musical instrument so it's like i kind of have been i i started implementing a lot more of that into my uh you know into my marketing my say my website and stuff yeah the the descriptions of my products is now like more about the positives there's a lot of like relearning people have to do going into this new era i think as well like instead of mongering fear foster inspiration mm -hmm. it's it's really simple and yes it, it works on different like neural pathways in your brain but i think they both can be equally successful totally. and we've already gone through this capitalist era where our fears are being played upon mm -hmm. uh, and to an extent a lot of people's fears still are being played upon sure but as we go into this new creator uh economy this new era it's like it's time where we can just be ourselves, mm -hmm. share ourselves, provide value together and appreciate one another. Like yeah. I get excited when I'm going to pay for a course 
by another dude. Yeah. You know, and not a corporation, not a company. Like it's just some guy that's offering an introduction to something for $40. And I'm, I've been following him on Twitter and I find him pretty valuable. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to take the plunge mm-hmm. and I'm going to pay $40 for I'm already on his newsletter. I'm going to pay $40 for this course. And it feels good. Cause I know I'm supporting someone whose only goal is to provide value. Right. Right. I mean, yeah, he's trying to make money too, but good for him. Like right. he's doing it by providing value, mm-hmm. not playing tricks. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I agree with that. Totally. It's like, I, that's the attitude I want my students to have when they sign up for a course is like, Oh, I'm excited to pay for this. And I really enjoy what I'm going to get out of this. And it feels good to, to buy this. You know, it's like nobody wants um, clients that are, that are like afraid to pay or they're already resenting having to pay because they feel like they're supposed to, or, you know, it's like, that's not a good. And I think a lot of this fear mongering marketing attracts those sort of people. And it almost cultivates that attitude in people of like, are you afraid of being broke? Are you you know sick of being broke? Like you need to spend a thousand dollars on this package so that you can stop being there. And they're already kind of living from a place of like, God, I guess I have to, but they're like, Oh, this is a thousand. I'm already broke. It's a thousand bucks. Ah. Well, but that's it's what's a- interesting. It's like, you know, I'm on Twitter, right? All the time you just see, I sold my $10 million business and I grew uh, 500,000 followers on Twitter. Here's how I did it. Mm-hmm. And then they have like, I mean, the the good ones, right? The the good in- influencers, the creators. Then they give you a long little blog post or tweet thread about literally how they did it. Mm-hmm. And whether that's the mindsets involved, the strategies, the techniques, all the different things that they went through in order to get that place of success, which they're hooking you in in the beginning by saying, oh, look at all these things I did. And that's really cool. Uh, they're nowhere in there are they saying, buy my shit. Yeah. But you go to their profile uh, you click the link to their website, maybe you join their newsletter and uh, it doesn't even matter. You could DM them. You know that they'll take your money if you say, hey, I want you to coach me mm-hmm. in doing what you did. Right. Right. You don't even have to s- try to sell anything. Right. Just demonstrate that you know your shit. Mm-hmm. Demonstrate your authority and people will come to you. Right. I had another guy on the podcast a few weeks ago, a guy in Singapore, and he all this experience in business, started a $300,000 e-commerce business after he quit his job. And he didn't like it because he was working too hard. Then he started building his personal brand and learned that. And he he didn't even have a thousand followers yet before his first client got a hold of him mm-hmm. saying, hey, I want to work with you. Yep. Like, And he wasn't offering that service anywhere. Right. He was yeah. just providing value. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like we're shift we're shifting the whole paradigm on its head. Yeah. Instead of saying, "Oh, your life is going to suck if you don't pay me money." Yeah. It's like, "No, here, here's value." Right. I hope you like it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> ideally it would be uh customers are almost chasing businesses rather than the other way around. Beautifully put. You know, cuz yeah. right now businesses chase customers and like so how do we how do we get as many people as possible? Which the, is like, what a silly said, mentality. Yeah, I know, right? Well, that said, I mean, we are still running businesses here, right? right. So there are still things to consider. So let's talk about your like your sales funnel. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a funnel, right? Yeah. On your website. Yeah, yeah. You got to take them, the, the potential client, the potential customer on a journey. Mm-hmm. You got to tell a story that they relate to. Like, oh my God, that's so me. Yeah. Right? You got to bring them there and convince them still. Mm-hmm. Convince them without exactly like convincing them. Yeah, because without coercing, coerce, coercing. Well, I don't think anyone's coercing anyone right. when you're online with an option to pay for something. But you can be manipulative, I guess. Right, right. Yeah, right. you yeah, could that's... be like straight up lying. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you got to tell a story. You got to start with yourself. Like, here's me. 
I used to be like you. And then I did this and I learned this and this. And now I think you can do it too. And I, here's my strategies for how you can do it too. Mm-hmm. Uh, still not convinced? Let me tell you more. Blah, yeah, blah, yeah. blah. Then, oh, here it is. Here's the price. Too much? Think about what it could mean for you. Blah, right. blah, blah. So, exactly. I mean, maybe we're not escaping the paradigm completely because we are still trying to convince. But like you said, we're not we're not going down this fear-mongering path to do it. Yeah. We're going down this like, hey, feel inspired. Right. Because yeah. with my product, you will feel empowered. Right. I think even all the stuff you just, the way you just broke that down, I would still even put all of that under the the, the header of like um, providing your value. Like you, because part of that is like clarifying your value, you know, saying like, why is this price this way? What is it going to do for you? You know, what, tell the story, even all that is still, I would put that if you do it with that more positive mindset or, 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 uh, vibe that you're putting out that's still in the when the world of providing value it's when it gets into the yeah like the the yeah, yeah the manipulative stuff that's not really yeah. providing value you're trying to take value from someone that's when it's yeah becomes more more problematic or more just negative for for anybody involved right um right. but yeah it's like there's nothing wrong with clarifying exactly what you're offering and like what it's going to do for people um and it's super interesting too just like on a side note like there maybe not with finger drumming, but with a lot of things, there could be thousands of other people offering exactly what you're offering, mm-hmm. but there's only one of you. Exactly. And so I think at a certain point, uh, I, I mean, and probably many of us would have this, well, why would I even bother? There's so much competition, but really the competition isn't in the product or the service. The competition is in the relationship mm-hmm. developed between you and that audience. Yeah. And that is what's going to sell at the end of the day. It's you. Right. If you were like an asshole on camera, like talking shit about other drummers, like people probably aren't going to want to yeah. buy your course. Unless they really like your vibe, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, yeah, this guy is This like, guy's metal. He's the best. Yeah, right. <laughs> then he'll track those people. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, there's uh, a couple other questions just for clarification that people might be curious Bless you, bless you, bless Excuse you. Me. The, the trifecta. The three, yeah, that's three is good. That's lucky. Yeah, that's the enlightenment. <laughs> uh, so, people think of okay. How many how many followers do you have on YouTube? Uh, approaching eight thousand. Okay, eight thousand. Mm-hmm. Good amount, but not a lot. Yeah. People think of oh, you're using YouTube. You're making YouTube videos. You spend all your time doing YouTube videos. Uh, you must be making good money on YouTube. And that is a misconception we want, I want to dispel right now. Sure. As you have 8,000 subscribers, and I think you told me the other day you just monetized. Oh, yeah, a few months ago. Yeah. In March. And you're probably not making much. I, yeah, right now it's like 40, 50 bucks a month at the most. Yeah. Yeah. So the point is, you don't, creating content is not the end game. No. Monetizing your content isn't the end game. Making no. viral videos isn't the end game. The end game is, well, there is no end game. You got to keep playing. You want to keep playing because it's just putting out more of you in different forms and products. But what you're trying to do is sell a product. Yeah. You're trying to convert this attention you're generating via content, convert the attention into revenue somehow using the methods we're describing, provide value, inspire but convert it into revenue somehow. This isn't about monetizing your YouTube channel. I hear people that, you know, want to talk to me about helping, helping them with the start a YouTube channel or coaching in some shape or another, but they think that's what the goal is to make a bunch of money on YouTube. And people don't realize 
that like the Mr. Beasts are very rare. That's the thing. It's like <laughs> if you're yeah, for us, for creators that are trying to teach or share something. Yes, that's we it's not about monetizing the content. It's about using the content to to spread your teaching. But there are yeah, some people monetize the content like the Mr. Beast, but that's a long and very different path. And that dude started in like 2010, you know, and now he's where he's at. Yeah, you know, I, well, remember I yeah. watched some like <laughs> compilation video of like Mr. Beast every year since he started. And it's like yeah. the old videos are like, wow, man, this guy's he's just a kid like playing Minecraft. I scrolled through all those videos once all the way to the beginning. Yeah. 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 But I mean, they still have millions of views because of, you know, right. Because people he's, will he's always Mr. go Beast back guy. to it. Yeah. yeah. But it's like that's yeah, exactly. Those are the rare uh examples well but that said one day you'll have eight hundred thousand subscribers sure if you keep going right because that's just how it works right these exactly. platforms reward you for bringing people to their platform for sh putting more eyes in front of the advertisements that they're getting almost as much as you yeah in the ad revenue which is fine I, whatever i used to i used to hate it i used to hate these big tech platforms for reasons like that but they're, they are pretty powerful discovery engines when yeah. you have your own product. When you interpret it, when you look at it as, okay, you're creating content here not to feed the the big tube mm -hmm. like monster. You're putting content in there to get discovery, to get eyes on what you have to offer, yeah. what you're trying to teach and share. Right. So when you look at it that way, creating content takes, a, takes on a completely new meaning. Yeah. And uh, my point is with Mr. Beast, with having 800,000 subscribers, as long as what you're putting out there is good from day one, ideally, one day more people will see it. Right. They'll like the, me scrolling back to the Mr. Beast videos, you know, and seeing all these old videos before he was famous. Mm -hmm. It's still good. Yeah. It didn't go viral at the time because it wasn't there yet in the, in the, in the, zeitgeist i guess and he didn't have enough followers for the youtube algorithm to really pump it out there mm -hmm. but the content's still good people will see it yeah tenfold if your content is educational right or if you're sharing something so yeah. if you got something to share you don't be just don't be discouraged by not enough people seeing your content keep making quality content yeah. because as they say in the creator space it's a little it's a little it's a little until suddenly it's a lot yep it's always yeah Always. Suddenly it'll just blow <laughs> Suddenly up. Suddenly blow up after years of work. Yeah. And then your backlog of content will start making you money. Mm -hmm. So you're making 40 bucks now, but one day those videos will be stumbled upon and you'll get hundreds of thousands more views and you'll right. make money from that. Yep. And then that's there forever as yep. long as it's proper evergreen. Right. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's some good myth to dispel right there. Is mm -hmm. Don't do it for the monetization. The monetization will come later. Right. As long as you're following the guidelines for building, a co for consistently building a brand mm -hmm. the right way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it all depends on your objective. Because also like, I see, it's interesting. I see so many uh, musicians on YouTube um, and I've seen a lot of them blow up. And there's strictly musicians. They're not teachers. Um, and so it's like, I, I, there's a couple guitarists I can think of that kind of, they just kind of go viral. Their videos have been getting popular and, um, and they do get to that point where they're, they're only posting music videos. And now YouTube is obviously making them money because they have, you know, hundreds of thousands of subscribers. Um, but before that they weren't selling any teaching. Now they aren't selling any teaching. Uh, they have like tabs maybe on their website for a dollar but they're not selling any product. And so I'm kind of thinking like I can, cause I can look at their view counts and kind of estimate. I'm like, man, I'm making 
similar amount of money to these guys with a tenth of the subscribers huh. because they're only making money off of their oh, right. their YouTube views, their music. But it depends on your objective. Maybe they don't want to be teachers. You know, for those people, maybe they want to just be musicians and it might be a side project. Use YouTube to get their name out there and start having releases on Spotify. That's another way to make make a little bit of money and eventually start touring and get bookings and you know yada yada. So it's like there's different pathways. But for us, the creators who are trying to um, teach or share. Um, in some way, that's yeah, you you nailed it. It's like it's not about monetizing the content, and well, and you also just you know have your priorities. Some people may not need revenue right away. Exactly, they're happy to just create and build a brand. They have a full time job that they're happy with, so they do this on the weekends right. or whatever it is, and they don't need to like hustle to try to make money. Mm-hmm. Um, and that said, then maybe they will wait till they have a million subscribers, and like you said, drop drop uh, the Spotify tracks and then maybe get paid there or they, you know, release a book or whatever it is. Yeah. It's called, uh, you know, you have a signature product and you focus everything on that Mm -hmm. or you have like scattered sources of revenue. I think the metaphor I heard once is like a strip mall versus a skyscraper. Uh, You could have the strip mall with all your different products and just have the scattered income here and there Mm -hmm. and you just go with it. Or, you concentrate, concentrate, concentrate. You build up that following. You erect the skyscraper, and then you release your book or your course or whatever it is, right. and then you you make bank. Mm-hmm. Like you 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 go big. Yeah, and people do that too, and that's okay too. It totally. just all depends on what your priorities are. Yep, and your needs. Yeah. Well, I think this was informative, and I think to loop it back around to why I find these conversations important for the Sovereign States of Mind podcast is I don't know if there's a better way to start developing sovereignty over your life than creating a personal brand that starts to put products out. And now I know you're not talking, we're not talking about your personal brand here. We've been talking about your your business, yeah. I guess, as a creator. But that is a natural derivative of, of the point of having a brand mm-hmm. as you're starting it, turning it into a business. Yeah. So would you have any reflections to share on this process and how it may have like changed you and how you approach living life? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's completely changed me as a person. I mean, um, it feels like I'm more authentically myself big time like i'm um because i'm i'm in the driver's seat you know i'm i'm ultimately driving my whole career at this point you know like i'm not i'm not following somebody else's career as an employee even at like a high level if i was some like high level graphic designer or something i'm still following somebody else's company making someone else money now some people like that some people really like contributing to a bigger something greater than themselves me too Uh, i'm one of those I I would rather build the thing that ends up being greater than me. I would rather be the first guy on the ground. That's just my personal what I like. You know, I like being the the progenitor. Interesting. Know? I used to be that way. I am that way naturally, but like lately and like I I just want to find a job like working for someone who has a really good mission. Hmm. You know, like I was trying to get a job as a podcast producer mm-hmm. with a few podcasts I really like. And I thought that'd be great. I would love to be this guy's like assistant. Yeah. Like he's the general in the army and I'm just like, what do you need? Like, let's do it. Mm -hmm. And I'll be your powerhouse. And I was like, that could feel really good. 
Yeah. And the universe had different plans for me, mm-hmm. uh, probably for the best. I mean, I spent years trying to be the guy on the ground being, you know, it's got to be my way. Mm-hmm. And I, it was all ego. Mm-hmm. It wasn't natural. Yeah, yeah. I never actually had a business plan. I just had this like ego trip yeah there's definitely there's definitely a differentiation yeah between just like i just want to become super powerful yeah and like i want to build something that i'm excited about do it my way you know it's like so yeah it's like ultimately i see dragon finger drums yeah growing way bigger than me and uh, i would like to uh run it as ceo for as long as possible to execute my vision and eventually step down you know once i feel like okay this is at a place where i can appoint other people to do to carry out my kind of mission statement um and carry it into the future but no longer needing to run it how um, much do you automate now real quick side tangent as how oh, much of the workflow is automated like with oh okay delegation yeah as far as like the tasks that do need to be done it's 100 me it's always been oh I wow yeah okay. i anything yet do you have plans to start hiring someone because not anytime soon actually really because i have it set up in such a way that the only work that needs to be done is improving and tweaking and, and fine-tuning things so it's like the systems are in place and it's just whenever i feel inspired or get a good idea to update something i do it and it doesn't tax me it doesn't cost me a lot of effort um and i still get full creative control at that at this point um yeah at first, there was a time a period last year where i wanted to bring somebody else on and i thought it would be a really good idea i thought we would just kind of be able to explode you know and grow quicker yeah but i'm realizing this this niche and this brand is not there yet this is a very slow growing niche as most if not all yeah and maybe not niches but creators yeah you can't really expect to grow terribly fast right i think it's important not to grow terribly fast because you have to be able to handle the energy that comes your way yeah like you know you you have it automated you have your your course to be sold i mean imagine if that wasn't ready yet and you had a million people see a viral video yep then you lose all that. Mm-hmm. And then you, you kind of lose the trust you could have gained too. Totally. With all those people. Okay. So your life has, you're in the driver's seat. You plan on being CEO for a while. Mm-hmm. What other kind of profound effects has this had? My whole mindset and the way that I approach anything. I have so much more confidence in my abilities mm-hmm. as just as a person, as someone who can um, be self-sustaining, self-sufficient. Um yeah, it's also that's interesting. And I get that reflection whenever I end up having a conversation with a friend, um, which I once in a while I'll end up talking to a friend about life. And, you know, especially if I'm talking to someone who's uh, still in the like the the workforce and has never left that they've, they've always just been like an employee um, and they're like, oh, I, I don't like this. I want to be making my own money. I want to be doing this. Yeah. And I see that's where I used to be because they have no confidence in their capacity to just do it. Yeah. And now I'm like, I'm literally, so I'm sitting there telling them like, Oh, just do it. Just like start this and make that and do it. And like, you can do it. And I feel where I'm at and I feel where they're at. And I feel that's where I used to be. And I see, ah, I can't just tell them to do it. It's going to take them the whole process that it took me to actually embody and become the person that knows they can do it. It just takes the time. It's a spiritual process. It is. It's very much a personal, yeah. like spiritual development. Yeah. But. I like, yeah. It's like, you got to remove the self-limiting mindsets mm-hmm. that, you know, we have this notion of, well, there's a lot of ways to look at it. 
This is a, we didn't really get into Twitter. I don't think we'll have time. But mm -hmm. one reason I really loved Twitter lately is because I've been and I just started a couple months ago. Okay. And once again, it's like YouTube. You follow the rules of engagement. You can grow a following. Mm -hmm. And I've been doing that. And I've been really enjoying the kind of content that I've been able to put out there. And I didn't expect it. But I've like my brand is the niche is more along the lines of like spiritual development. Mm -hmm. And I guess maybe that's who I really am deep down is this yogi guy that traveled the world that learned a lot of shit the hard way that's done everything and now he's like raising kids you know living this weird suburban life by the beach <laughs> off grid but anyway i'm learning to put my thoughts into really succinct forms mm -hmm. and a lot of those are reflections on my own growth removing those self-limiting mindsets is like the biggest hurdle to overcome yeah i was always too scared to share these insights processing it out and putting it out there, even if one person sees it and likes it, like it doesn't matter about, it's not about the the audience yet in the beginning. It's about you gaining the confidence yeah. to just do it and getting rid of like the fear of judgment. Like, oh, what if my friends and family on Facebook see this? Like, right. oh, you know, and maybe it might be different if you're a musician because music is cool. But when you're talking about, you know, finding enlightenment by being naked, doing yoga at the beach or something yeah, like right. whatever, then, you know, that, that might not be for every audience, but it doesn't matter. You have to put it out there for every audience mm -hmm. and you have to develop that confidence. And yeah. it's already there, like who you really are and what you're wanting to share. It's already there. Yeah. You just have to let it come out. And it's the hardest thing in the world. The self-limiting beliefs are, are spontaneously removed by just doing over time is what that's, it seems ooh, like. Yeah. That's the, cause that's basically what you just described. It's like you, I just you had it. to do yeah. a bunch of stuff before you really kind of realized, oh, I can do this, you know, and it's the same for me. It's the same for everybody. And that's why what I said when I was when I talk to friends who are like, I really want to be more independent and make my own money. And I'm just sitting there. Oh, just do this and that. It's like that's not going to hit them yet until they start doing and they need to really feel unconfident at first. It's like that's how we all are, like, you know, because we live in a in a in a world where it's like not everyone is just popping off doing whatever they want you know this is kind of like a a courageous thing to do um and so it's like i but i think the self-limiting beliefs are naturally removed or as you do and it's, so that's why it's like doing being a creator in this way is uh is a is like a, a growth process it's like a it's an it's a it's like a self-improvement process that you're doing like a self-development but it's more, it's almost like unconsciously you're trying to build a business, but by through building a business and a brand, it ends up transforming you as a person. That's a really good way of putting it. Yeah. This is going to be a highlight clip cool. because it's powerful. <laughs> uh, exactly. You just do it. I mean, and that that's really what it, it comes down to is like we always say, like, do the work. Mm -hmm. You just got to do the work and, you know, study along the way make sure you have good strategies and then success will find you. Yeah. But do the work. And so what you just opened up is do the work and spontaneously the confidence will come. Yeah. You will defeat those self-limiting mindsets. Yeah. Because you naturally will pass different milestones that seemed impossible to you in the past. Like, you know, you, you, you get your first thousand followers and that suddenly changes your entire mindset of what's possible. Like, oh, there's a thousand strangers I've never met that want to follow me. And then you get your 10,000 followers and it's like, there's 10,000 people and you can start comparing yourself. Oh, there, there's this other creator that I've looked up to for years that only has 30,000 followers. So I'm only a third of the way from them. 
right. then you start to expand and you make your first thousand dollars and then you start making three thousand dollars every month and you're like oh i'm making a salary and it's just so you start to like make these but, uh, well and even that like you're talking like you know I'm celebrating like a hundred followers. Sure. Yeah. And but, I'm grateful. <laughs> yeah. 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 And that's the thing is because that was never, that would never have been good enough for me back in the day, mm. you know, when my ego was still running the show mm. was like, Oh no, I need more followers than that. Or this, this isn't going to be worth it. But now it's just like a hundred. Well, there's more than a hundred now, but it's, you know, that's my point. It's not a thousand yet. And then just a few nice comments. And if you're someone like me that was dealing with insecurities about getting started, about how I'm going to be received, because once again, what I'm saying is what I'm putting out there is very personal, mm-hmm. vulnerable, transparent, yeah. because that's just who I am. I tried to be the video editor guy, whatever. Uh, when you put that out there and it starts to be received well, you don't need a thousand followers. Mm-hmm. You know, you just need a few supportive voices. Totally. And suddenly like wow and then like you said i have 100 new followers like there's 100 people that care about what i'm saying like that's too cool that's amazing and then like then it's off to the races Mm -hmm. i mean i started a cohort uh just out of the blue this idea came to me like how can i make money like i I made a chart like the one dollar sign two dollar signs three dollar signs uh how the three dollar signs is most of my more of my time. The one dollar sign is the least amount of my time, mm-hmm. right? The most passive versus the least passive. And something in the middle I saw was like a cohort, a guided course. How can I share the knowledge and stuff I've come across, the technical skills, and uh, monetize that? Yeah. And what it turned into was this spiritual perspective on creating a brand. How do you be you? Show up as you authentically. And turn it into a business because that was always a roadblock for me. And so after 12 years of failing it, I finally figured out the formula that worked for me. And I said, fuck it, I'm going to offer this. Mm -hmm. And I posted it in our community group. Got like five signups. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I asked some other friends, I had asked friends to sign up for free, which goes back to what we're talking about, the investment and value. Mm-hmm. And I have, <laughs> you know, a certain perspective on this now, uh, having people do it for free versus the people that are paying for it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this was all there waiting for me. Yeah, totally. 100 followers. All I needed was to remove those self-limiting mindsets. Mm-hmm. And I would dare say, as you learned in 2020, is it was there all along. You just had to start doing it. Yeah. Where it's yeah, it's like it totally. I feel like in a more this is a more spiritual note, but it's like I feel like we already are the highest version of ourselves. But anything that seems like we're not that is uh, a, a a limitation. It's like a, that's the thing that needs to be released. It's not like you need there's some positive quality or capacity that you have out there that you need to go get and and add to yourself. I think you already have maximum. You're like your perfect self, but you have all these chains or weights or whatever that you may have learned Trauma. over time and taught yeah. yourself and et cetera through your life experience. Yeah. That, that limits you. And so I, I believe in our true state we're unlimited, but you know, life is life creates limitations for us. And that's like the journey of life is like, is, is releasing, throwing the chains off through experience, yeah. you know? Well, and then also recognizing your limitations and your constraints are important in, 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 recognizing the potential yeah because you go like okay until i remove these certain limitations which is going to take time Mm -hmm. then this is what i can do so Mm -hmm. these are my goals now yeah i'm going to break to the edge i'm going to expand to the edge of these limitations until i can shatter those chains 
and then we'll see what the next constraints are. Right. And I agree, we're limitless beings, but we are constrained by human form. Sure. And perceiving reality as, you know, monkey bodies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's the journey. That, that's, that's the, the ultimate play. constraint. Yeah, right. right. Uh, when it comes to dealing with this life, and mm-hmm. then we can go through whatever spiritual uh, ceremony to remove those constraints mm-hmm. and leave our body for a while. But you're not going to be getting much stuff done for this reality while you're there, yeah. aside from the personal growth mm-hmm. and uh, maybe removing different kinds of chains. Yeah, some trauma. insights. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The last episode we just released was um, he, uh, uh, Dr. Bob Bear, PhD. He just released a book called Stop Doing Shit You Don't Want to Do. Mm. And it's about he explains how like 90 percent, 95 percent of our actions are all unconscious that are yeah. based off of trauma. Mm. And I don't know if I fully agree with him, but we also live in a very conscious community where people are very aware of yeah the decisions we make and why but mm-hmm. i like just the title of that book i know he's like well yeah you so gotta you're either that. gonna want to pick that book up or you're gonna run from it right <laughs> totally yeah. yeah well thanks for coming on tucker thank you man yeah it's been great yeah anything else you want to say finger drum what's it called uh, dragon finger drums dragon finger drums that's the youtube channel yeah you can check it out yeah i guess to anyone who's watching who wants to be a creator you can do it. Do yeah. It. Just do it. Just start. It's, yep. Yeah. Just start doing it. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. This podcast is available on all major apps. Please head over and follow there. And if you really like it, leaving a quick review and five stars is super helpful, especially on Apple Podcasts. SovereignStatesOfMind.com is a place you can put in your email to receive things to your inbox every week. These are updates. These are blog posts, anything related to this podcast and the theme of developing Sovereign States of Mind. SovereignStatesOfMind.com. You can also support the show there by becoming a monthly patron. My name is Jordan Herbs. You can find me on Twitter as Jordan Herbs, J-O-R-D-A-N-U-R-B-S. And I look forward to interacting with you and hearing a bit about your journey. If you're interested in coming on this podcast, don't hesitate to be in touch. Much love. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Sovereign States of Mind.